But I didn't record that. Ah, you guys missed our awkward hand holding. We we both got really uncomfortable. Really I didn't. Quickly. I wasn't uncomfortable. Oh shit! Well, <laughs> okay. You make me feel like a monster. It's fine. You're not a monster. I'm just, I'm just like working through my. Intimacy. I did not think you would hold my hand. She was like, "I have a dolphin thingy like right next to me" because I was like, "I need my elbow to be up." And then she's like, "Well, then I can't hold your hand." And then I like held my hand out. She she went for it, and I was like, "Oh god." Sorry, I didn't mean to make no, it's okay. That was great. <laughs> You're just testing my boundaries, Rachel, as a human. Thank you. I am <laughs> testing the limitations of our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hear from me for a few months. It's because I'm, I'm working through that. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hello. <laughs> um, oh, man. Well, you are listening to, I don't know what this is, therapy hour or therapy treehouse? hand-holding you with had... your best friend or... <laughs> Do you guys hold the your... hand hut? That sounds weird. Do you <laughs> listeners? Do you hold your best friend's hands? I'm just curious. I used to in like high school, but I had very like hands on people. Friends. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we're we're not. I have to like practice hugging my therapist. <laughs> you got to have mom hugs for my mom. <laughs> I did. It was so nice. She gives really good hugs. <laughs> I love how she acts like I never hug her. I was like, Mom, I hug you. She's like, Yeah, but you hug me and you leave, and I'm like what would you like me to do? And she's like, I want to hold the hug. I'm like, no. And you're like, I'm not there yet. We're not. <laughs> that's uh, oh, that's something I've been working on in therapy is being able to like hug. And I've actually told people like, I might need hugs this week. Hugs are good. Like I just, yeah, I have to be warned. Like I don't mind hugs, but yeah. I can't have like, I can't just have like you randomly. So I shouldn't just like, like throw myself at you. <laughs> yeah. You throw yourself at me and I'm going to keep you going the other the way. you. I, I still need to establish that. Like, I still say, Hey, can I hug you or can I get a hug? Because yeah, same thing yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, my dad's birthday this past weekend, the five month anniversary all within the same week. So it was rough. It was a rough week and I just needed a little extra love and, I asked for it and it oh, was yeah. it was nice. I got it from a couple of different people. Oh, yeah. Um but yeah, you are you're not listening to Therapy Treehouse. <laughs> you are though. <laughs> Actually. We haven't had a Therapy Treehouse in a minute. It so it's been a while. You are listening to Therapy Treehouse. <laughs> you're actually listening to Difficult Danzels. The podcast. What's what's this podcast? Fun. I don't know about? why. <laughs> it's about not singing. It's about badass women from history. Sometimes problematic women from history. Yes. <laughs> um I'm Rachel. I'm Kat. And yeah, Ooh. welcome. And yeah. <laughs> so sorry this episode is late. That was entirely Kat's fault. <laughs> it happens. Cat had a <laughs> rough time at work. Yeah. Not rough, but just busy. You Lots had a busy time happens. and then your parents came to visit. Yeah. So you just, you didn't and have the time. And then I had, I was like, well, Rachel, I'm only going to do one. And she's like, that's fine. I was like, cool. And then I forgot my <laughs> USB at work. And then when I went to get it, apparently, like, you know how if you pull out a USB too soon or preemptively, prematurely, it gets all angry and, like, freaks out? Well, mine freaked out and lost Are we talking of... about USBs? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Where were you? <laughs> I thought you were doing a euphemism. Oh. <laughs> Easy, Rachel. Just kidding. Oh, my computer just died. Oh, anyway, no. It's fine. It's because the cats oh. unplugged the okay. power cord, so. 
Oh, gosh. Well, speaking of the the one we're doing, so this is supposed to be kind of, this will be our last episode of the year. It's supposed to be kind of a conversational episode with Thor drinking water in the background. (laughs) I'm waiting for you to hear it. But as you're going to find out, we both made notes for our conversational episode. So I don't know how conversational (laughs) it's going to be. (laughs) I think it'll still be conversational. Sorry, I'll I'll sit in front of the mic now. I think it'll still be conversational. It's us. <laughs> we can't help but get off track. And off well, topic. and what what episode, what is this episode, Kathleen? Well, Rachel, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Kathleen? <laughs> they don't know me as Kathleen. I'm just kidding. Uh, Do you want to cut that? No, it's fine. <laughs> Katarina. Katarina. <laughs> uh, so this is episode, what, 48, you said? Mm-hmm. And it is uh, our goddess episode. Yes. It's and, our, like, goddesses part two. Yeah. And Rachel and I actually did not plan on having like a weird theme happening with but, our goddesses but we did have a theme and what's our theme what is our theme it's like it's, we do have a theme it's like moon <laughs> goddesses and it's nocturnal night yeah nocturnal slash darker it's fine <laughs> i think of nocturnal because of the elder scrolls um one of the daedric princes is named nocturnal that's cool i, I like love her, her name like she's like the um daedric prince uh, prince they're weird. Like, like some of them are feminine. Anyway, they're like <laughs> deities. Uh, but in Elder Scrolls, Nocturnal is worshipped by the Thieves Guild because she operates in the shadows, which is where they operate. So yeah, love it. So yeah, speaking of the shadows, Ooh, right into it, huh? <laughs> um, my first goddess. So I'm doing two. So we'll go myself, cat, myself. Um, first goddess isn't actually technically a goddess she isn't recognized in the pantheon of the norse gods that is your spoiler alert so i she's not i could have swore she hell hell the queen queen of the underworld hell yeah known as hell sorry i'm 14 (laughs) so no she's she's not technically considered a goddess they don't ever she's loki's daughter yeah, but they they just they never refer to her as a goddess. She is more you can't even call oh, her mortal. Oh yeah. But yeah, so she's okay. not part of the official pantheon. Well, she's a goddess here at Difficult Damsels. So <laughs> yes, <we> close <laughs> enough. She is a, a feminine supernatural being slash sort of deity. Slash um, kind of amazing. <laughs> kind of a big deal, guys. <laughs> As mentioned, she is the daughter of the Norse trickster god Loki and the Jotun or giantess. Um, I believe it's it? Angerboda. Sure. Is that right? Sure. You're the one who's all about I, the Norse. I think it's... Jotun? Jotun. I think, yeah, you're right. I think. You no, know, you are. You're okay. right. It's Jotun. Thank you. <laughs> it's like the freaking Ptolemies with a freaking P that you don't Yeah, pronounce. why do we have the P, guys? <laughs> it's useless. <laughs> and then Jotun is spelled with a J in the front. Yeah, because it's totally Jotunheim. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and Boda, I hope that's how you say it. Her name means she who offers grief. Oh, that's her mom. Yeah, that's cool. Right? What, um, what is her mom like she she's a jotun she's just a giant giantess okay yeah sorry you said that and i was like it went right over my head yeah it's okay <laughs> it happens to me all the time um funny funny note on this so when we were like kind of discussing the goddesses we wanted to do we originally were planning on maybe three each um <laughs> yeah we we went a little crazy <laughs> 
Kat gave me my goddess. She was like, you should do hell. And I was like, oh, did I? Sorry. <laughs> you signed it. And I was like, <laughs> I, I can do hell. I like that idea, but I don't know anything about her other than she's Loki's daughter. So it ended up. Sorry, I would have done her if you had No, it's totally, I, I enjoyed um, it. It just, it was a little bit, I spent two hours at a coffee shop. Oh, hell yeah. It was a good time. I that you do that. You actually go out into the yeah. world and okay, do your research. Sure. Meanwhile, I'm just like, mm-hmm. sometimes in my house. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Angerboda is said to be the mother of Loki's three monstrous children, none of whom are said to have any interaction with one another. So before you move on, I thought this is pretty cool because... I have a, I found a picture recently of his three kids and I thought it was a really cool oh, picture. That is cool. I love that. I'll post this picture. Can you send that to me? Yeah. I'll post Sweet. this picture um, on the episode notes. But are you going to talk about the three, the three of them? Mm-hmm. Yes. Sorry. I'm really excited. Yes. I mean, not in great detail, <laughs> no, but that's fine. yeah, <laughs> I, I like all three of them. So, so Hell's other two siblings <laughs> are Fenrir the wolf. Is, do you have anything to add about him? Uh, he's amazing, and he's going to be part of Ragnarok. He's going to like are. provoke it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Jormungandr. Jormungandr. Right? Jormungandr. <laughs> he is the world serpent and the bringer of Ragnarok. I love the whole concept of like basically they couldn't keep. Sorry, I'm gonna no please nerd out. They yeah. couldn't keep him in. Um, whatever the hell they are. And so they basically like kicked him out to Midgard and was like, here, you live in Midgard. He like wrapped himself around the world and like holds in all the oceans. Yeah. And the whole, the whole idea is that when the oceans are crazy, it's Jormungandr's pissed off. We're fighting with Thor. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The thing I've always liked about the stories, and I am at least somewhat familiar with the stories of Loki is the more you look into them, the more you realize like Loki kind of gets the short end of the stick. He does. Yeah. Like, Like and they, his kids do too. Yeah, they they murder Fenrir. Yeah, like you you kind of understand where all of them are coming from, but it's like, yeah, I would be really upset if you Balder murders Fenrir. I can't. Remember. I can't. Sorry. No, and I will talk about Balder yes. because it links to Hell's story. <laughs> yes. But I'm just gonna keep saying Hell yes, and I apologize for the ridiculousness <laughs> of it. It's appropriate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so um, again, none of Loki's children are considered gods uh, technically, but they are like demigods because they're half god and they all play a role in creating discord within Norse mythology. Hel herself is the queen of the realm of the dead. And in Norse mythology, there are three places a person can go after death. Most know of Valhalla, where those who die in battle go to prepare for Ragnarok. Valhalla is said to be amongst the heavens somewhere where a hall of fallen heroes and warriors await with drinking and fighting to look forward to. Most Vikings would have gone to Valhalla in death. Yes. That's where the Valkyries are. I'm going to need your help with this. Yep. Is it Folkfinger? Folkfinger. Yeah. Folkfinger is the afterlife ruled by Freya or is it Freja? It's one of those weird things. I've seen the spelling both ways. It's, I think it's Freya. Freya. Yeah. If you want to know more about it, go listen to our first goddess episode because Kat yes. covered her. Um, but she gets her pick of the people who also died in battle. So she usually gets half, right? Yeah. 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 She gets half and Odin gets the other half. And then the third realm, the one that most people actually end up going to, is hell. <laughs> Sometimes called Helheim. So you have the supernatural deity, hell, who 
is the queen of the underworld and then you have the actual location of hell or hellheim i will call it hellheim just to distinguish just it to get from rid her. of the confusion <laughs> yeah <laughs> the same thing happens in greek mythology Gosh. where tartarus is the underworld it's like the deepest depths of the underworld but it's also yeah. technically considered a god and i'll talk about that in my part Ooh, so you just okay keep going. <laughs> i'm excited <laughs> so basically anyone who did not die in battle could expect to end up in hellheim this included women, men, and children that died of natural causes, old age, and illness. There was even a special place reserved in hell for those that were viewed by the gods and goddesses as being cowards or doing dishonorable deeds, known as Nostrand. Does that sound right? Sure. I, let me see the spelling. Oh. Oh, God, I'm blind. Right here. <laughs> so we had that fun thing happen where... <laughs> Uh, it we, says we're recording, but then it only records like half of what we recorded. And you're like, what the fuck? Well, fortunately, it was only like four bullet points. Because okay. <laughs> we took forever to figure out pronunciations. Uh, so Nestrone, known as the Corpse Shore, this is where the giant dragon Nidhogger <laughs> lives and chews on the corpses of murderers, adulterers, and oathbreakers. Oh, yes. I recall this because I got really mad at this next statement. Go ahead. <laughs> oh yes historians have speculated that this particular realm of helheim may have been inspired by the christian hell as it is a place for the immoral people to be eternally punished what did you say i got mad because i was like norse mythology was way out of christianity but then rachel was like do you remember when you were talking about shield maidens <laughs> and you literally said <laughs> so here's here's the thing about even discussing norse mythology um most of it was passed down as an oral tradition or it was on runes, but the actual physical writings that we get of Norse mythology were done by Christian monks. So everything we get of Norse mythology now is basically it's viewed kind through of that sort lens. Of parallel with, I know. Yes. Norse yeah. mythology is cooler in every way though. Just kidding. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I really want to learn how to read old runes. Don't you have a rune deck? So you can't. I do have that. a rune deck, but there's a difference between understanding oh, what like a fair. single rune means and then like how to read them. <laughs> fair. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's on Duolingo. Probably. <laughs> and there is also a different there You can are... learn Valerian. Oh my god. So let's learn Valerian let's and just it. like talk in Valerian and freak <laughs> people out. I'm down. Um no, there's I think there's also like a different not dialect, but like for lack of a better term, there's like a different dialect of runes. Yeah. There's like old runes and then there's new runes. <laughs> anyway, okay. go ahead. My computer's dying. Because um, the dog is laying on so the back, cord. <laughs> back to uh, our Nistrone. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so the serpentine nature of Nidhogger also recalls images of the serpentine Lucifer from the Bible. Indirect contrast. But this is a dragon, which is so much cooler. Yes. <laughs> Indirect contrast to the Christian hell, which was immortalized by the Italian poet Dante in Dante's Inferno as being a place of fire and brimstone that we are all familiar with today. And I asked Rachel if she's ever read it and she said parts of it. And I was like, it's an amazing book. You should read it. <laughs> the Just Nor giving you a brief recap, guys. <laughs> the Norse hell is said to be extremely cold and desolate and frigid to the point where it basically burns you because of how cold it is hi have you ever like looked up artwork of hell hellheim yes so cool mm -hmm. i have some <laughs> yes i'm excited <laughs> um 
you'll also hear tales of warriors that would sometimes cut themselves with their own spears if they knew they were about to die, but they weren't in battle in order to trick hell into believing they had in fact died warrior death. So she yes. wouldn't, she wouldn't collect them. Yep. I did point out in our other conversation that we had off, off like uh, unintentionally <laughs> that I, I always thought it was, you had to at least die with your sword in your hand, not necessarily yeah. like in battle. Completely by coincidence, I started playing the the most recent DLC for Assassin's Creed, which is set in Helheim. Yes. Um, so cool. <laughs> but one of the cool things about Assassin's Creed, because it is Valhalla and it's all about the Vikings, you get to travel around the world and you'll occasionally run into a Draugr who is basically an old Viking that's ready to go. And he asks you for a duel so he can be sent to Valhalla. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Now, as mentioned, Hel is not actually a goddess, although she is sometimes referred to as the goddess of death. But she's not recognized as such in any of the Eddas, which is where we get the bulk of our Norse mythology from. Her name, which is Old Norse and can be also translated to Hel in Old English, means to conceal or to cover. The name is a reference to the dead who were buried or cremated and the soul said to be invisible to the living. Ooh. Yeah, this is where it starts to get cool. Yeah, I love how you say starts like I haven't been intrigued this whole time. (laughs) So appearance-wise, Hell does not look anything like what we saw in the Marvel Thor movies. (laughs) Because no one in the Marvel Thor movies looks like actual (laughs) Norse mythology figures. (laughs) So she is said to have half the appearance and coloring of a human, and the other half to be a blue decomposing corpse. Just so cool. Right? I know. (laughs) She's not as beautiful as um what the hell is her name? Catherine something. Kate, was it Kate Blanchett? Kate Blanchett, you are right. I got that totally off. (laughs) Kate Blanchett. Yeah, so um at least half of her face was as beautiful as Kate Blanchett. (laughs) She's also described as having a kind of gloomy and melancholy appearance, and we could probably consider Hell to be the original emo goth girl. Honestly, me too, girl, (laughs) me too. In some of the stories, Hel will occasionally leave her realm of Niflheim and wander the earth on the th- on a three-legged white horse, claiming the souls of those who perished during a plague or a famine. This would have been very frequent of the time. That's very specific. A three-legged white horse. It is. <laughs> okay. But think of the right. pale white horse that appears oh, in I the know. Bible. As oh, well, I know. Right? During, but yeah. Christianity was like, we can't have it be exactly just... like us, so it has to have three legs. <laughs> For the most part, Hell is said to be stuck in her realm, forbidden to leave, just as the rest of the dead are forbidden to leave. And according to the stories, it was Odin who cast Hell down from the sky and into the underworld. And then depending on which source you read, Odin assigned her to be the queen of the underworld, or Hell simply made the most of her situation, shaped Helheim into the realm she wanted, and crowned herself as queen. That's difficult damsel right there. (laughs) She's like, fuck you, you want me to suffer here? I'm gonna make it mine. And it's going to be dark and gloomy and kind of gone. Yes. (laughs) 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 Like the realm of Valhalla, Hell has her own hall in the underworld as well. And the way it's described is that everything is ornate and beautiful in its own sort of dreary way. But everything is named in association with some kind of misfortune. Oh my God, I love it. (laughs) I want to live here. (laughs) Her bed is known as a sick bed. Her table has the name of hunger and all her knives are called starvation. Oh my God. Right? I'm naming all of my knives starvation. You are starvation one. You are starvation two. (laughs) 
I have another random video you game reference. You are famine because I want you to be different. <laughs> I have another random video game reference now. Yes. <laughs> so, in the Elder Scrolls Oblivion, which was the fourth um, Elder Scrolls game, there is a DLC known as the Shivering Isles, where you get to visit the mad god Sheragea's realm. That is so cool. <laughs> and his realm is split into two sections known as Mania and Melancholy. And mania is the land that is bright with golds and yellows and everyone almost seems to have this unnaturally cheerful disposition. Sounds terrible. Hence mania. (laughs) Um, And that kind of reminds me a little bit of Valhalla, just how bright it is. And then the land of melancholy is dreary and painted with shadows and dead things. And the sky is perpetually the color of dusk or dawn. So you and I would definitely live in melancholy for sure. (laughs) We don't want those happy people. (laughs) So yeah, completely random. I have to introduce video games into it, of course. Of course, of course. (laughs) Get that picture. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) So like all the stories of Norse mythology, Hel has her own role to play in Ragnarok. And it's said that the dead souls she rules over will eventually be conscripted into her own army to fight at Ragnarok. Yes. That would be, sorry. (laughs) That would be really cool to be like, or actually, that would kind of suck. It'd be cool for her, but that would kind of suck if you were dead and in hell. And then she's like, guess what? You have a job. And you're like, I'm dead. I'm done. <laughs> she's like, nope. <laughs> Helheim is said to be surrounded by a huge fence accessible from the world of the living, but guarded by a giant gate made of corpses cool. known as the corpse gate. Yes. The gate is guarded by a dog named Garmer, which translates to Hellhound. Y'all, does that sound familiar? Yes, it is. <laughs> Why? What? Because the Hellhounds in um, Greek mythology. Yes. So <laughs> it Cer- should. Cerberus? Exactly. Cerberus? Yeah. Yes. Um, it is also similar to the Underworld, uh, which is ruled by Hades in Greek mythology. And the Underworld there is also guarded by a three-headed dog known as Cerberus. Yes. So yeah, see, everything comes from something else. <laughs> It's all connected, guys. We all are literally believing the same things. We just want it to be different and our own. Which um, is fine. Just don't fight about it. <laughs> as you mentioned, some people have suggested that Garmer might have actually been Fenrir, as both are described as being chained up. So that might have been where you heard that from. All right. All right. I'm just learning Norse mythology, guys. So leave me alone. Hey, we're all learning <laughs> together. Together. <laughs> Hell only appears in one of the Edas, and it is one of the most famous known as the death of Baldur. So Baldur had been the son of Odin and both beloved and revered by all the gods as being their favorite. Odin always worried about Baldur, having been told by a seer once that the final battle and end of the world known as Ragnarok would be triggered by the death of Baldur. And for a time... Just put him in bubble wrap, it's fine. <laughs> it seemed as though Baldur were invincible. Having feared his death, Odin and Frigg went all over the world, obtaining oaths from every living creature and thing, thing being trees, rocks, land, etc., to bring no harm to Baldur. But as is the case with most of the stories, one thing was missed, said to be a sprig of mistletoe. Whoops. And thanks to the intervention of Loki, this mistletoe was used to eventually bring Baldur down. Um... I'm not doing the story justice, but we're not here to talk about Baldur. So it's a really cool story. Yeah. Look it up. <laughs> we're here to talk about hell. So. Barnes and Noble has some beautiful editions of Norse mythology and all mythology books. And they're really cool. You should go buy one. Just saying. Or me. This buy is, me one. We are not sponsored by we're Barnes not. and Noble. But if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> we will take your sponsorship. <laughs> um, now, as Baldur did not die a warrior's death, it meant that his soul was the queen of Helheim's to claim. Uh-oh. 
Hel was promised by the goddess Frigg that she could have anything she wanted if she agreed to let Baldur return to Asgard. And in a tale similar to that of the Odyssey... <laughs> Sorry, you said Asgard. <laughs> it's Asgard. Asgard. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was going to let it go, but I was like, I can't. I can't reasonably let that go. Listen, <laughs> it may be Asgard, but it's now Asgard. It's Asgard, guys. We changed it here. Oh, my God. Anyway. You guys, I giggled so hard at that. Thanks, Rachel. In a tale similar to that of the Odyssey, in which a hero ventures into the underworld to rescue someone beloved, Odin's son, Hermod, volunteered to travel to Helheim and get Baldur back from the underworld. By the time Hermod made it to Hel's Hall, he found Baldur placed in the seat of honor directly next to Hel. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, he was in the seat of honor. No, I know. I'm saying, uh-oh, because he's not going to want to leave. He's like, look at what I got here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got his really, like, if I face her a certain way, she's really hot. And I'm like in the seat of honor, so I'm good here. But thank you. Yeah, he, thank he's, you. He's seated on the side of like her, yeah, the her beautiful human flesh. Yeah. <laughs> Hermod claimed that everyone among the Aesir were in deep grief over the death of Baldur and begged Hell to let him return to Asgard. <laughs> Asgard, it's Asgard now. I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> he begged him to let let Baldur return to Asgard. Um, but Hell was not entirely unreasonable she promised that if everyone so grieved Baldur, she would let him return with Hermod, but only if all creatures dead and alive wept for Baldur. loki's like i ain't i ain't weeping <laughs> if there was even one creature in existence that was aggrieved by Baldur, having been betrayed or hurt by him that refused to grieve Baldur would remain in helheim with her forever Baldur proved so beloved that across all nine worlds it was said that all creatures both dead and alive Found it in them to weep for the god of life. Found it in them to weep. <laughs> Humans, animals, and even the flowers from the earth wept. But of course, that beautiful. all it took was one. Messengers had been sent all across the nine worlds to bid all creatures to weep for Baldur. And when they were on their way home, they came across a giantess in a cave named Thok. Her name meant gratitude, and the messengers asked if she would weep for Baldur. And in the Ada, she said, Thok will weep dry tears at Baldur's funeral pyre, alive or dead. The old man Odin's son gave me no joy. Let hell hold what she has. Ooh, hell yeah. <laughs> Literally. And of course, <laughs> it is suspected that Loki had shapeshifted into the giantess, once again proving a foil to Odin. And so Baldur Fucking remained <laughs> with hell for eternity, or at least until Ragnarok. Yeah. I would just like to point out that um, my cat, Loki, is aptly named. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Little fucker. <laughs> so my personal view um, of this whole story, it's basically that no one gets to escape death in the end, even the most beloved of the gods. And death is no small or easy thing to deal with, especially for those living. So it makes sense that Hell would have a melancholy persona. Norse mythology is interesting because it was initially passed down orally or via runes, and much of what we have in writing, again, comes from Christian monks and scholars that decided to document it, and we know that they were writing for a Christian audience. Yeah. 
It's entirely possible that hell as an entity and a queen did not even exist and was simply created by those Christian writers. I refuse to believe that. (laughs) But whatever the truth, the supernatural entity of hell remains with us now and conjures up an interesting image of a queen that is half human, half decomposing, with full dominion over most souls that have passed from this life to the next. And unlike the Christian hell, Helheim was not seen as a place of punishment. It was simply a place for the dead to reside. And those who found themselves there could still expect to be treated with respect so long as they led their living lives in a similar manner. In keeping in line with the theme of being hidden, Hell's appearance in the Adas is said to be very brief, and so she is generally observed as being someone who operates in the background and behind the scenes. She may not always appear on page, nor is she implied as directly influencing events. But hell is always there in the background, moving the chess pieces in an unassuming way. Death does not announce itself, after all. It is often quiet and unprejudiced, coming for all people eventually. And this was the purpose some view of the Queen of the Underworld. She served as a cautionary tale for everyone to live life in the moment, for hell could call upon their soul at any time and without warning. And that is is hell of norse mythology yes i'm so happy you covered her (laughs) i love her (laughs) me too i ended up i really liked her and i liked that idea that like she's completely unprejudiced yeah like you did not fall in battle you are mine to take Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily a bad thing but this is your place i hope you have a nice warm jacket (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) i just love the like so we as humans most of us have like this fear of death and we mm-hmm. don't talk about it and we don't recognize it. And just like, but then you think of all, all the goddesses and gods that are associated with death are pretty much the coolest ones out there. <laughs> well, it's interesting too, because different cultures view death differently. Like the Vikings weren't afraid of death. No, they welcomed it. Yeah. They wanted in certain situations. Yes. They welcomed it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they wanted to have an honorable death. They understood that death was part of life. Yes. Um, and that obviously changes over time. According to your religion, we tend to fear it more and not talk about it as much in our kind of Western religion yeah. tradition. Isn't there another realm that's for like, I mean, I guess they go, do women and children go to hell? You said that, right? Yeah, they do. It's interesting. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? What the hell? Oh, hell? Hell? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah. I just think it's interesting that women and children don't have the option to, um, Oh, I mean, any... somewhere else. I feel like there's a field or something they can go to. I don't know. I, there could be. Yeah. Sorry, guys. It's possible. <laughs> but that was good. Thank you. Hell is awesome. I like it. Hell is awesome. Hell is awesome. <laughs> Norse goddess hell is awesome. Um, <laughs> before we continue, because our last two goddesses, uh, they are... Connected. They are connected. They are of Greek mythology. Um, I know we both wanted to branch out of these, like, more westerny type religions but we just didn't have the time so like yeah i had a sumerian goddess that i really wanted to cover but then i was like oh look she's she is worshipped in two different cultures and i just don't have the time for this yeah and i really i really want to cover kali from hinduism which is also going to require more research on my part and the point of this episode is to be more conversational so but we promise that our next guys will be coming at some point we will have more more diverse yes (laughs) yes look we stick with what we know okay it's very scary to bring well it was kind of interesting because our two goddesses also have their own theme which is destruction 
so yeah. 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 okay so next <laughs> goddess episode is going to be goddesses of destruction yes. and just no fucks given <laughs> this is our next goddess cat oh are we starting immediately yes. <laughs> well our next goddess so funny you should mention that hell is kind of like a in the background almost not sure if she's actually considered a goddess or not because our next goddess is pretty much the same thing out of Greek mythology. And her name is Nyx. I freaking love the, the name goddess Nyx. of night. Yes. <laughs> so if I had a female name. black cat, her name would be Nyx. But um, I was bequeathed, bequeathed with all boys. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> I've always loved the name Nyx. Heck yes. Yeah, it's a cool name. It's I've seen that name in a lot of uh, fantasy, Same. fantasy books and stuff like that. So... Same. I did steal this one from you, and I think that's why I assigned Hell to you because I was like, Hell's really cool. I'm taking Nyx. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> when I first started researching my computers being an asshole, hold on. <clears throat> <laughs> you were researching my computers being an asshole. Hold yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Okay. I was like, how do you throw your computer across from without breaking it? <laughs> so when I first started researching, I was very, very worried because there's not a whole lot on her if you just do like face research but when you dig deeper it's just a little bit more okay here we go my mom just texted me hi mom Uh, hi mom mom. (laughs) (laughs) so greek mythology consists of several different generations of deities Mm -hmm. uh the family tree of the greek gods is beyond complicated and more than a little incestuous as we all know that's why we love it that's why we love it (laughs) nix is almost at the top of this family tree and only one generation is above her oh yeah so she's like badass cool so for the most part, we know the Olympians, so Zeus, Hera, Hades, etc. Um, before the Olympians, there were the Titans, mm-hmm. and before the Titans, there were the Protogenoi. Okay. Sorry if I said that wrong. It's a very aggressive word. I didn't know there was anything before the Titans. Yes. So okay. the Protogenoi are considered primordial gods. That's what they're referred to. Okay. According to Greek mythology, when the universe first came into being, the primordial gods were there fully formed. The primordial deities are the first generation of gods and goddesses, each representing a different aspect of existence. These deities represented the fundamental forces and physical foundations of the world. Uh, For the most part, my computer sucks. (laughs) It's frozen. I'm gonna scream! (laughs) For the most part, they were not given human characteristics. They were instead personifications of places or abstract concepts. So just... Think about that. Like the Olympians and even the Titans, like the Titans are like the monstrous things and the Olympians are the pretty ones. But (laughs) the primordial gods are personifications. Okay. So in in Greek mythology, Nyx, her Roman counterpart is Nox, represented night. Okay. So as a primordial god, she played an essential role in shaping the universe and birthing several other important primordial gods. As a primordial, she outpowered even the mighty Zeus, known as the father of gods, who we all hate. Yes, and he is love a rapist to god. do it. <laughs> <laughs> so at the beginning of time, there was only Chaos, who was originally depicted as the goddess of the air. I okay. love that the first one is a goddess, and she is awesome. Later classical authors would redefine her as the chaotic mixture of elements that came before creation. This is kind of where we get our modern day meaning of the word chaos. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Cool, cool. Other sources claim that she was born of Kronos, who is the god of time, and Ananke of necessity. It was from chaos that the first three primordial gods sprang forth. Do you know who they are? 
No. I just want to test you. Okay, that's fine. They don't. You'll you'll <laughs> you'll recognize their names immediately. So there's Gaia, who is oh, Earth. Earth. Yeah. Tartarus, who is the underworld. Okay. And Eros, who is love and sex. Okay. So again, these aren't oh. necessarily like people gods. They are places. They are aspects. Yeah. They are personifications. I've, I've known of Gaia. I knew of Eros. I just didn't realize they were considered primordial gods. Primordial. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> they are. <laughs> now you know. So Chaos birthed two more children after those three. We have Erebos or Erebus, depending on what you, where you read it from. Uh, he's darkness. Okay. And then Nyx is night. So Nyx married her brother, Erebus. Cool. And gave birth to many, <laughs> many, many, many more children. Cool, 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 cool. I will list her children at the end of this episode because if I tried to list them during the episode, it would take you away from the story. And I just didn't feel like doing that. <laughs> They would literally, it's literally going to be like a list. Like she bore him and her and him and her. So cool, cool, be prepared cool. for that. Okay. On. <laughs> At the very, very end. Although she is considered a relatively minor figure in Greek mythology, as the personification of night, Nyx holds great power. Nyx appears in many important Greek poems. She is usually depicted as a shadowy figure, a veil of dark mist that floats across the sky, obscuring the light. I'm here for it. Right. Um, she is either winged, a charioteer, or crowned with a aureole, which is basically just Aureal. a crown of dark mists. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want a crown of dark Right? <laughs> she is beautiful and youthful in her appearance, but her demeanor is grave. She is normally shown as residing in Tartarus, which is the deepest depths of the underworld. I use stupid words. It's it's basically analogous. 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 Sure, we're not actually going to use that (laughs) word because it's stupid. Basically, it's um, along the same lines as the Christian idea of hell, which gives the idea that she is somehow evil and villainous. She's not. Uh, She is also (laughs) depicted as a motherly figure and often portrayed as living with her children in Tartarus. Uh, Her daughter, Hemera, who is the goddess of day, also resides in Tartarus. However, the two never meet. I like that the why? daughter of the night is the, is the goddess of day. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Can you guess why they never meet? Because of Zeus? No. Oh. Why did, Why? Why would night and day never meet? Well, because one is dark and one is light. Because so it's course the cycle of night and day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Hemera leaves Tartarus just as Nyx enters and returns oh, when Nyx leaves. Okay. That's the original. They the Greeks and the Romans like changed it up and made like Apollo drag something across the sky. I'm like, no, you fuckers. It's Nyx and it's Hemera. <laughs> anyway. So that explains like when the moon's coming up and night is coming, that means yeah. Nyx is coming out and then And they never that. cross because yeah. they're going in different directions. Yeah. I like that. That's Isn't cool. That cool. That's a good way to explain like why it's night and day. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to read you guys a, an excerpt yes. from Hesiod's, Theogony, which is where a lo- we hear from, yep. uh, hear a lot about Nyx. Untiring in the place where night and day approach and greet each other as they cross the great bronze threshold. When the one goes in, the other leaves. Never are both at home, but always one outside crosses the earth. The other waits at home until her hour. For journeying arrives, the one brings light, all seeing, to the earth, but deadly night, the other, hidden in dark clouds, brings sleep, brother of death and carries him in her arms i love that yeah i love so the imagery of that two of her two of uh nix's kids are sleep and death so okay. that's where that comes from too cool and she's depicts a lot of the time i'll go into it i'll get into it later but a lot of the time she's depicted with both of them in her arms okay one is cloaked in white one is cloaked in Ooh, black cool yeah. okay 
Yeah. Love the freaking imagery of that. Right? The imagery for Nyx is amazing. (laughs) There are a few visual depictions of Nyx in Greek paintings or sculptures. However, her appearance is mentioned in multiple sources. A shadowy figure, she rides in a chariot drawn by two horses, cloaked in black with a veil of black mist on her head and stars following in her wake. So cool. That is so cool. I want someone to design a Nyx dress. I'm just saying. And I would wear it. (laughs) She is often portrayed in symbolism as a moon or stars in accordance with her ending the daytime and bringing the night. The best known depictions of Nyx in Greek mythology are found in Theogony by Hesiod, as I just read from, and the Iliad by Homer. Yes. Yes. A lot of stuff from the Iliad. (laughs) What? A lot of stuff from the Iliad. Yes. So I'm going to read another excerpt from Hesiod. Theogony. It says the pages, but you don't understand the pages. <laughs> okay, so I apologize if my I mess this up because there's a lot of like uh, brackets and parentheses. So I'm gonna try to read as best I can. <laughs> and there, at the ends of the earth, where sky meets earth, all in their order are the sources and ends of gloomy earth and misty Tartarus, and the unfruitful sea and starry heaven, loathsome and dank, which even the gods abhor. There stands the awful home of murky Nyx, wrapped in dark clouds. In front of it, the son of Iepetos, Atlas. There are a few visual depictions of Nyx in Greek paintings or sculptures. However, her appearance is mentioned in multiple sources. A shadowy figure, she rides in a chariot drawn by two horses, cloaked in black with a veil of black mist on her head and stars following in her wake. So cool. That is so cool. I want someone to design a Nyx dress. I'm just saying. And I would wear it. Yeah. (laughs) She is often portrayed in symbolism as a moon or stars in accordance with her ending the daytime and bringing the night. The best known depictions of Nyx in Greek mythology are found in Theogony by Hesiod, as I just read from, and the Iliad by Homer. Yes! Yes. A lot of stuff from the Iliad. (laughs) What? A lot of stuff from the Iliad. Yes. So I'm going to read another excerpt from Hesiod Theogony. It says the pages, but you don't understand the pages. (laughs) Okay, so I apologize if my, I mess this up because there's a lot of, like, uh, brackets and parentheses. So I'm going to try to read as best I can. <laughs> and there, at the ends of the earth, where sky meets earth, all in their order are the sources and ends of gloomy earth and misty Tartarus, and the unfruitful sea and starry heaven, loathsome and dank, which even the gods abhor. There stands the awful home of murky Nyx, wrapped in dark clouds. In front of it, the sun of... Iepetos Atlas. Uh, Atlas, that's my username on yes. Xbox. <laughs> I was I'm, like, oh, it's me. I'm just going to say Atlas. In front of it, the son of Atlas me. stands. The son Sorry. of Rachel. <laughs> no, I am the son. <laughs> stands immovably upholding the wide heaven upon his head and unwearying hands, where Nyx and Himera draw near and greet one another as they pass the great threshold of bronze. And while the one is about to go down into the house, the other one comes out the door. And the house never holds them both within, but always one is without the house passing over the earth, while the other stays at home and waits until the time for her journey to come. And the one holds all seeing light for them on earth, but the other holds in her arms, I know I read this, Hypnos, <laughs> the brother, and Thanatos, even evil Nyx wrapped in a vaporous cloud. I love how they're like, the night is evil, but I'm like, yeah. the night is beautiful. The night is beautiful and full of stars. <laughs> <laughs> and there the children of Dark Nyx have their dwellings, Hypnos and Thanatos. Hypnos is sleep, Thanatos is death. Awful gods, because everyone's scared of death. I don't know mm-hmm. why. Glowing Helios never looks 
upon them with his beams, neither as he goes up into heaven, nor as he comes down from heaven. So that's kind of why they, they're like, oh, it's evil, because like, it's darkness and night and yeah, death is scary. But you know what? Some of us enjoy night much more than we enjoy the sun. <laughs> I will not name names, vampires, but <laughs> don't tell them. Sorry. <laughs> Um, In his book, Description of Greece, the Greek travel writer and geographer Pausanias, hate Greek names. That was was right. Good job. (laughs) Mentions an oracle of the night in Megara, a Greek city west of Athens, as well as a statue of Nyx made by the famed sculptor Roikus. Roikus? I don't know that. I'm so sorry. (laughs) That's an aggressive name. And housed the Temple of Artemis in Ephesus, which is modern day Greek. Yes. He also mentions seeing a carving of Nyx at the Temple of Hera in modern Olympia. Modern-day Turkey. What did I say? Greek. Whoops. Modern-day Turkey, guys. <laughs> the, the Artemis of... in <laughs> The Temple of Artemis is in Ephesus, which is modern-day Turkey. Yes. Not Greece. <laughs> Jesus, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> yeah, a little more East. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> he also mentions seeing a carving of Nyx at the Temple of Hera in Olympia, Greece. That is actually in Greece. The carving shows a woman holding a sleeping child draped in white in her right arm and a black covered child in her left arm. An inscription states that the two children are death, Thanatos, and sleep, Nos, and that their nurse, Nyx, carries them both. Hmm. Hell yeah. So this is really fun. Nyx's great power is most evident in Homer's Iliad, where we see the mighty Zeus balk at the idea of crossing Nyx. Good. Let's get into it, guys. This is my favorite Ooh, a part. terrifying <laughs> Zeus. Let's hear it. Most women. <laughs> Hypnos, the minor deity of sleep, reminds deity. Hera. I do that every time. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's funny. It's cute. You do, you do do it every time. Every time. It's because I get so panicked. And I'm like, I'm going to do it wrong. I do it wrong. So Hypnos, the minor deity of sleep, reminds Hera of an old favor after she asks him to put Zeus to sleep. He had once before put Zeus to sleep at the bidding of Hera, allowing her to cause Heracles, Zeus's bastard son by a mortal woman, great misfortune. She does not like Heracles because he's one of the husband's bastard child of a mortal woman. So she's real mad about it. I'm like, you have a lot to be mad about. Poor Hera. <laughs> like maybe the raping of mortal yeah. women would be something. Maybe to, like, let's just yeah. tie Zeus up in a cave, like they tied up. Yeah, Loki. Loki. Yeah, yeah. yeah let yeah. water just drip on him yeah. slowly for all eternity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that'd, be that'd be great. He deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> Hypnos lacked the power to fully incapacitate the mighty Zeus, though. When Zeus figured out what was happening, he was furious and sought to hunt Hypnos down so that he might smite him into the sea. Hypnos being the little baby that he is, fled to Nyx, his mother, in fear. Homer goes on to say that Zeus, fearing Nyx's anger and maternal fury, held his own fury at bay. Good. So I'm now going to read an excerpt from the Iliad about this very, very thing. And out of the skies, he would have sunk me in the sea, wiped me from sight, if the night had failed to save me, old night that can overpower all gods and mortal men. I reached her in flight, and father called it quits, despite his towering anger. True, Zeus shrank from doing a thing to outrage rushing night. I love that idea because they do always say that, like, it's the cover of night that will protect you. So you just need to wait until the cover of night and then you can move. Hell yeah. Yeah. See, night is great, guys. See, Nyx (laughs) protects you. Yeah. She is. She is very much 
like motherly and yeah. like maternal mama bear yeah she's yeah. got enough kids to be maternal jesus <laughs> <laughs> some scholars believe that nix who is featured quite prominently in the orphic creation stories could have been a supreme deity in early orphic belief uh orphic belief is a religious sect that followed the teachings of the mythical poet orpheus who preached about the nature and destiny of the worlds we see evidence for this in the ancient orphic hymns that refer to nix as a parent goddess and states the gods and mortal men's came from her it is okay. also interesting to note that nix was the one to advise zeus after he became king of the olympian gods okay so she's like don't fuck this up and he was like i'm gonna do exactly the opposite of that all right <laughs> Of course. <laughs> she's probably like, God damn it, Zeus. Yeah, she's probably like, again, dude, again? <laughs> Orpheus's name is associated with darkness, which is why Nyx, the personification of night herself, plays a crucial role in Orphic creation stories. Um, basically, Orphic creation stories state that, like, Nyx was first. Like, okay. she is part of the creation of the universe. Yeah, which yeah. Um, Hesiod's Theogony also states that, but, like, they make her a little more important. Yeah. So. In the Greek comedy Birds by Aristophanes. Sounds right. Sure. Aristophanes' <laughs> egg creation myth is inspired by the Orphic cosmogony tradition, modeled after Hesiod's better known creation story. So basically, they take Hesiod's theory and then just add eggs to it. Okay. So the gods are born of eggs. Which cool. Is cool. <laughs> interesting the gods sure. were hatched cool yes they were hatched <laughs> so aristophanes tells us how chaos night erebus and tartarus were the only ones in existence until black winged nyx laid an egg in the infinite depths of erebus i like the way they word that she laid an egg in the infinite depths of erebus yeah. because he's darkness yeah so that okay. was pretty cool the way they worded it i From just see her like descending into this huge chasm ether of nothing and yeah. darkness yeah hell yeah and she's here's like, my egg here's this egg for you <laughs> do with it what you will make it great <laughs> but don't cook it yeah yeah don't cook it too long <laughs> calm down from that egg sprang golden winged eros the god of love and sex eros then went on to create the rest of the world in orphic creation stories the egg represents the world which is why it plays such okay. a pivotal role in the creation of gods and goddesses cool so that's pretty cool i like that's that cool. i almost didn't include that but i was like that's pretty cool so i'm just gonna uh, really quickly go over it. it's really cool so you can obviously go further into it and if you want to you should orphic hymns portray nyx as the parent of all life her offerings consist of black animals that were burned and buried so i'm going to really quickly because i love reading somebody else's work i'm just kidding <laughs> um this is an orphic hymn to nyx okay from the orphic religion to nyx fumigation with torches Nyx, parent goddess, source of sweet repose, from whom at first both gods and men arose. Here, blessed Cypris, <laughs> who is also Aphrodite, decked with starry light, in sleep's deep silence dwelling ebon night. Dreams and soft ease attend thy dusky train, pleased with the lengthened gloom and feastful strain, dissolving anxious care, the friend of mirth with darkling coursers riding round the earth. Goddess of phantoms and of shadowy play, whose drowsy power divides the natural day. By fate's decree, you constant send the light to the deepest hell, remote from mortal sight. For dire necessity, who is also an Ananke, which notwithstands, invest the world with adamantine bands. Be present, goddess, to thy suppliant's prayer, 
desired by all whom all alike revere, blessed, benevolent, with friendly aid, dispel the fears of twilight's dreadful shade. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I love that. I wasn't saying like the night will come and actually dispel the fear that the night brings. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. I love that. It's going to be on my wall soon. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That whole thing? That whole thing. It's just an entire wall is going to be taken up. That would be pretty cool if it was just script. Right? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying. You could have some stars in the background. Although Nyx is mentioned in Norfolk liturgy, Nyx had no cult of her own nor any temples. Oh, okay. So that's why she's kind of like in the background of Greek mythology. Instead, she's worshipped in the background of other cults. Black animals, as I said, were offered as sacrifices to the goddess, especially black cocks, as they announced the coming of morning, even in the presence of night. Ooh, okay. Nyx is also worshipped today by practicing pagans and Wiccans. Their offerings to the goddess include items like night-blooming flowers, moonstone, agate, and other things relating to the moon and night itself. Work with Nyx is done at night and typically includes shadow work and divination. I thought that was amazing. Do you know what shadow work is? It's the work that you don't want to do. <laughs> it's the therapy work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um, shadow work. It's I mean, you do embracing, it. accepting, and confronting all the darkest parts of you. Yeah, the I I wouldn't even say the not darkest darkest parts, but the no, parts but that, okay. Not. So <laughs> I bring that up because people do they they emphasize, oh, it's your darkest parts. It's not your darkest parts. It's the parts of yourself that you're not proud of. Yes. So like your that jealousy, is the parts to you, your anxiousness. It's yeah. it it might not be a dark part. Some people don't like their empathy. Yeah. So if you are not an no, empathetic. It's still the darkest part to you. You think of it yeah. as dark. <laughs> but, but the point is, it's not, it's just a part of yourself that you try to reject. Yeah. And that's what shadow work is. It's if you really truly want to heal, you and have be to. be whole and complete. And be whole and complete. You, you have to work. accept the parts of yourself that you might be ashamed of. Hell yeah. So cool. I like that. Yeah. Nix's lack of prominence in mythology doesn't make her any less interesting, of course. Um, her dark depiction and the fact that she lived in the deepest part of the underworld usually makes people think she's the villain of her own stories. However, the opposite is true. She not only played a vital role in helping to create the universe, but her love of her children and her power was so many that even Zeus, king among gogs and useless rapists, dared not confront her. (laughs) So that is Nyx. Nice. Yeah. Right? She's pretty amazing. I didn't, I wasn't aware, like, I knew, like, I knew she was the goddess Bits of night, pieces. but I didn't yeah. know like the details. Of yeah, it. I, the second I read Zeus was afraid of her, I was like, "We're in. <laughs> Here we are. Here we go." All right. So, are you ready for the list of um, Nix's children? It's yeah, an entire page That's with insane. two columns. <laughs> so, the Moray, which are the Fates, Clotho, Lachesis, Atropi, Atropos, Achilles, which is sorrow, Hypnos, who is sleep, Thanatos, who is peaceful death. The Hesperides, which is sunset. Nemesis, which is revenge. I love Nemesis. Eris, strife. Apate, which is deceit. Oh my gosh, this word. Oizis? I don't know, I'm sure. sorry. O-I-Z-Y-S. A-K-A. A-K-A, misery. Moros, who is doom. The Oneri, who are dreams, uh, sometimes said to be Hypnos' sons, okay. rather than his siblings. Uh, Philotes, who is affection. Geras, old age, Charon, the ferryman. I feel like I said that wrong. Hey, anyway, the Charis, which be. is violent death, Mamas, which is mockery, and Hecate, crossroads and magic. Yep, those are all of her children, and it is great. That is a lot of children. Yeah, ma'am. I mean, she <laughs> she started the universe, or she was played a huge like role that, um, in the universe. 
I like that a lot of her children are the things we associate with the night, even if they don't like death. You you can be taken in the middle of the day by yeah. death, right? But we associate we associate death with darkness. But I like that love and like desire also come from yeah. the night. That's interesting. Oh yeah, but yeah, that is that is Nick's everyone, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Goddess of the night, hell yeah. <laughs> So, speaking of potentially one of Nyx's children who we mentioned. Hell yeah. Who was it? It was Hecate. Hecate. Woo! I'm talking. so excited that you're covering her because. I'm talking about doing Hecate. So. Yeah. Hecate. Excuse you. <laughs> so, um. Sorry, continue. So, I've seen Hecate spelled um, with both a C and a K. It's H E C or K A T E. Just wanted to put that out that's there that's fair i've mostly seen the sea for sure continuing the theme of you know more greek mythology and more nocturnal based um deities hecate is the greek goddess of the crossroads of boundaries the moon ghosts necromancy and witchcraft oh yes what an overachiever <laughs> yeah you need to <laughs> calm down ma'am <laughs> Hecate is considered one of the liminal goddesses in Greek mythology because of her ability to cross various stages of life. Transcending boundaries also extended to the physical boundaries that existed between Earth, sky, the sea, and the underworld. She is one of a very few select group of gods who is said to be able to travel among them all. Her name means worker from afar in Greek, which is fitting with her role in Greek mythology. Yeah, a worker. She's like, you going to keep stacking stuff on me? Or like, can we calm down? In most of the Greek stories, she is the daughter of Persis, the ancient Greek titan god of destruction, and Asteria, the Greek titan goddess of shooting stars. Oh, fun. But the Greek goddess of night, Nyx, is also sometimes said to be her mother. Yes. And in some of the stories, <laughs> they also say that she is the daughter of Zeus and Demeter. Um, that may have something to do with the story of Persephone because she plays such a huge role in it. And in those stories, Hecate is sent out by Zeus to find Persephone when she goes missing because I believe, yeah, Persephone's her sister. Uh, but for the most part, most of the stories, they have her being the daughter of the two Titans. She could mentioned. still, I mean, even if she's the daughter of two Titans, she could still come from Nyx because Nyx was before the Titans. This is true. And Nyx started the universe. And <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> and again, a lot of the stories do say it is Nyx. In the Greek stories, she plays a pivotal role in the story of Persephone and her initial trip to the underworld and subsequent visits after her marriage to Hades. When Persephone is initially kidnapped by Hades, Hecate is one of the few who was able to hear Persephone's cries as she was dragged to the underworld due to her ability to transition from the world of the living to the world of the dead. Hecate is also one of the goddesses that offers help to Persephone's mother, Demeter, when she tries to locate her missing daughter. Hecate is the one to tell Demeter that Persephone is, in fact, in the underworld, and that's why she can't find her. After Persephone's marriage to Hades, she is conscripted to spend several months of the year down in the underworld to correspond with the number of pomegranate seeds that Persephone ate while she was down there. And Hecate ends up being Persephone's guide and companion to and from the world of the living every time she makes that journey. It would be an awesome guide to have. Right? I'm like, hi, welcome. <laughs> hi, bestie. Looking forward to this day for quite some time. <laughs> 
So it's from here that we get the image of Hecate carrying a torch to help guide Persephone's way into the darkness. Hecate is very unique because as the daughter of Titans in most of the stories, she is one of the few Titans able to retain her original powers after Zeus usurps the throne of Olympias. And she is considered to be very honored among the immortal gods. As mentioned, Hecate is primarily known as the goddess of the crossroads and boundaries, and it's because she is charged with this task of guiding souls to the underworld after death. This domain of crossroads and boundaries is one of the literal physical boundary, as that threshold between life and death is not one that is easily crossed. Since Hecate interacts so closely with the world of the dead, this is where she gets that reputation of being a goddess of the spookier things like ghosts and necromancy. Yes. I mean, people think it's spooky just because she's involved in witchcraft and witchcraft is so bad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Thank you, Christianity. But that, that came later. I know. <laughs> that came later. So, yeah. and, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Like, the, as with Nyx, you could see the evolution um, depending on the period in Greek history you were yeah. in. Same thing happens with Hecate. So she really starts as the goddess of crossroads and boundaries. And then later on the story. They evolves. pile on the work. Yes. <laughs> Now, in addition to torches, Hecate is often also associated with snakes and dogs. She is also one of the triple-faced goddesses that appear all throughout various mythologies around the world. I love triple-faced goddesses. Look at that artwork. I know. I was staring at that the entire time you were talking. Like, ooh, send that to me. <laughs> now, this triple form has several functions. The most traditional is the representation of the maiden, mother, and crone which serves to represent the various transitions of life, role, and personality that a woman can undergo in her life. Hecate is also linked with the Greek goddess Artemis and the Roman goddess Diana, both of whom are said to also be protectors of travel and the crossroads. So you'll sometimes see Hecate's triple goddess form combined with that of Diana and Artemis. That's cool. Yeah, that was the thing, again, as we know from the Romans, they often incorporated other pantheons into some of their no, cults. they straight up stole. <laughs> incorporated, stole, stole. borrowed. Tomato, um, tomato. <laughs> they borrowed from Greek and Egyptian mythology a lot. Yeah. Similar to Artemis, she is often depicted wearing a maiden's skirt while also wearing hunting boots, a blend of both masculine and feminine traits. She is said to be the consort of Hermes, another Greek god that is able to transition between various boundaries that separate because the world. Of flying shoes. Is it? I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I just know that he has flying shoes. Oh, I was going to say, tell me more. No, I don't know more. <laughs> but he he's also able to travel from the world of the living to the world of the dead. Sorry, I totally interrupted you. It's okay. <laughs> In some cases, she is also depicted in a more monstrous sort of triple form, and her three images take on that of a horse, a dog, and a lion. Ooh. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be the person who dies petting the uh, murder kitty, so it's fine. <laughs> Same. <laughs> They're so tiny. They're cute. <laughs> it's dangerous. Why cute? Now, Hecate has two animal familiars, a black dog named Hecuba and a polecat. So the dog Hecuba was said to be Queen Hecuba of Troy. And in the story, she is one of the survivors of the sack of Troy. But following the deaths of her children, she throws herself into the sea. Hecate comes along afterwards and transforms Hecuba into a she-wolf with fiery eyes. And from then on, Hecuba becomes her familiar. Did you just say fiery eyes? Fiery 
furious fury like fire oh gotcha okay like angry eyes eyes with fire that would be so cool <laughs> right the polecat is said to be the former mortal female witch named gail and she was apparently turned into a polecat because she smelled of urine what it's anya i'm just kidding <laughs> she basically she just she smelled really bad and it so offended the gods that they turned her into a polecat it is rude. How dare you? Maybe just give her a bar of soap and call it a day. <laughs> yeah. So Hecate is kind of described as this goddess that comes along and like in some of the stories she feels sorry for Galen and others. She like leans over. She's like, like, no, <laughs> for punishment. But yeah. So in a lot of the um, artwork you see of Hecate, you have like a she wolf and also a polecat traveling with Maybe her. Maybe Gail really enjoys being a polecat. Maybe. Maybe that's why she doubts herself in urine. She's just <laughs> waiting for a god to come along, <laughs> sniff her, and be like, mm, polecat. She's like, yes! <laughs> I Finally, I'm one. leveling up! <laughs> now, as Sorry, mentioned... really loud. It's okay. As mentioned, it's only during the latter era of Greek mythology that you really hear of her being this goddess that holds dominion over the souls of the departed and her shepherding them to the underworld. And then even later after that is when you see the evolution of Hecate into this more witchy, ghostly, and scary sort of supernatural being. This is right around the time stories emerge suggesting that she would send specters and demons from the underworld to the world of the living, instructing them to teach mortals witchcraft and sorcery. Yes. She's like, go cause chaos. Thank you. <laughs> and this is where you, um, you do get a lot of Wiccans and pagans. Um, they also what's the word i'm looking for worship. she is their deity that they worship, worship or just um turn to oh, yeah. yeah 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 turn to for goddess um and then i don't know like it really bugs me that Isn't a lot she, like, of the mother of all witches in in wicca and pagan well that depends witchcraft? on which source you're looking at you're according to sabrina the teenage witch yeah but Look. That's my so is Lilith. That's my gospel. So again, Lilith That's true. is also considered. So it's just they they like to take these dark feminine goddesses and say they are the goddesses. They're evil. They are the first no. witches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we are proud of them. You know, and there are some people who do worship the darker aspects, which is fine. It's totally um, fair. Just please don't, you know, hex, don't throw no hexes. hexes at me. Thanks. No. <laughs> These creatures were often said to dwell in places that were often marked by the crossing of two roads to keep in line with the goddess of the crossroads scene. So they're like the crossroads demons. That's yes. so cool. The later Greeks decided to go and make that more literal. Stop it. <laughs> People in ancient Greece would often leave dishes of food out for her anywhere two roads crossed one another to ward away Hecate and other evil spirits. Um, I'm going to give her a bowl of cookies and be like, come to me. <laughs> I'm gonna give her a bowl of cookies and be like, "Girl, your journey Talk is Talk to me. Your journey is tiresome. You have yeah. to shepherd all these souls. Have yeah, I bet cookie. you're hungry. Here's a cookie. Would you like some whipped cream vodka? To I go am with not them? ready to go yet. Please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm that. just being friends with you. I'm not ready to be across the other side. <laughs> Let's put that on the table right away. Um, and one of my favorite stories about Hecate, um, and it is one of the more menacing tales linked with the evil specters Love coming for it. coming to the world of the living from the underworld. Hecate also walks among the living, and her approach is announced by the howling of dogs. <gasps> so cool! Isn't that terrifying? That's so cool! <laughs> yeah. There's a. This is totally off topic, but there's a there's a legend of the Kushi in Celtic mythology and. Mm -hmm. 
Scottish mythology and some Wales mythology that they're named different, but they're fairy hounds that um, basically instill like extreme fear. And if you hear them bay, you need to like run away and yeah. hide because if they bay three times, they appear and you'll die of fear. Yeah. So cool. Sorry. Which do you think Random. would be worse <laughs> to have the howling of dogs herald Hecate's coming or like turn a corner and see the Morgan like washing your shirt? I'd be the asshole who's like, what, who, why are we washing our shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Whose shirt is that? Not me. <laughs> I think I'd be more scared of the howling of dogs. No, I'd be more scared of Morgan. The Morgan. Because I, I love wolves, so. Yeah, fair. I mean, I You'd be like, camping. I'm ready to go home. <laughs> so random tangent, I apologize, but we're going we're going headstrong here into it. Um, I used to go camping on a wolf reservation. So obviously they were like separated from the yeah. campgrounds. But you heard them howling at night, and it was equal parts terrifying and fascinating. Well, yeah, I'm just like, like I knew they were in like like a fenced off Enclosed. area. Yeah, but they weren't like in cages, but like their area was very much like no crossy, um, <laughs> no crossy. <laughs> but like, yeah, they oh, and they always sounded like they were right next to you, and it's like your heart starts beating like really, really fast, and it was just really cool. So clearly, Hecate was trying to talk to me. She was. Time, and I didn't I'm know. glad you didn't go with her. Yeah, yeah, I really <laughs> didn't know. So if I had known, I would have been like, let's go. <laughs> so one of the reasons I chose Hecate was because she also represents this very interesting duality within Greek mythology. Um, by some, she is considered a dark goddess to be feared, but to others, she is a guide between scary and unknown liminal spaces, literally lighting the way in the dark as she serves as a companion for souls that make their way to the underworld. Yes. In one of Homer's hymns, she is described as a tender-hearted maiden. When she hears Persephone's cry after Hades drags her to the underworld, she seeks out Persephone's mother out of concern so that Demeter might find her missing daughter. And after Persephone is recovered, she pledges her service to her as a guide and companion to and from the underworld. Yeah, that doesn't sound super villainous to me. No. Like, but she is a woman, so it's scary. <laughs> that's exactly what you would want yeah. when you were going to the next life. You yeah. would want a guide with you. Hell yeah. In other stories, she is a terrifying supernatural entity who controls demons and specters and sends them off to the world of the living to wreak havoc on the world. She has a very interesting history in that she likely predates several of the more popular gods we know of now from Greek mythology. Her origins are not completely known, but one of the ancient cities she is linked with happens to be on the island of Samothrace, which we talked about in the Olympias episode. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was cool. I was like, oh, it comes full circle. Hey, connections all over the place. And it is from here that Hecate found more reverence and was worshipped as a goddess of the mysteries. As we learned in the Olympias episode, many nefarious things were associated with the mystery cult on Samothrace, which housed a pantheon of earth-based fertility gods and goddesses as well as gods of the underworld. She ends up having a role as both a guide and a protector in Greek mythology, but she is also viewed as one of the nocturnal goddesses with a darker nature linked to sorcery and magic. This duality is reflective of women in general, who are perceived as virtuous and nurturing one moment, and then cunning and dangerous the next. When they prove smarter than their male counterparts. <laughs> <laughs> this darker element has led some to dub her as the first witch, and she is sometimes revered as the patron goddesses of witches for this reason. 
Who's dying outside? I don't know. I think I might be getting a delivery. But that is Hecate. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. As long as it's not a delivery from Hecate. Yeah, she's like, speaking of me, I am here. But yeah, I, I find that I tend to be drawn to these goddesses that can be both light and dark because at the end of the day, we both we have both light and darkness in us. And I think these kinds of goddesses are like honestly truly the best representation of us. us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Drinks you a coke. My one out of your twenty-five. <laughs> so you owe me twenty-four. Shh. <laughs> I'm getting there. Um. All right. So our sources for this episode for hell, I use skjalden.com. Skjalden. Skjalden. So it's spelled S K J A L D E N dot com, and it's an article on hell and the death of Balder. And Wikipedia. Woo! And then my sources for Hecate were, um, it's T-H-E-O-I.com. Stop it. I used that too. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. It's a really good, yeah. Um, and it was Cathonios-Hecate. I also used World Encyclopedia. And Wikipedia. So. <laughs> I too used the Wikipedia. Theoi.com. Uh, worldhistory.org, ancientorigins.net. Ancient origins. I love that so yeah. much. I get so many ideas from them. Um, worldencyclopedia.org, I think. I didn't put it in here for some weird reason. Um, and then greekgodsandgoddesses.net. So, yeah. nice. Nice. Yeah. And some of them, like, I use very little because I just, like, yeah. listed the stuff out. I, yeah. I forget. I think... It was either ancient origins or Greek gods and goddesses. I got the excerpts from. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. they just had like a list of excerpts, and I was like, I like when people do this. Yeah, <laughs> makes it easier for me. <laughs> so yeah, that's our episode, guys. We ha- we have a random question though, don't worry. Yes, we have a random question, and you, fair listeners, can also answer this. Fair on your listeners, end, if like. <laughs> um, if you were a goddess, what would your domain and your powers and your traits and your attributes be you go first because i did not think this through as much as i wanted to because i totally (laughs) forgot we had a question (laughs) all right so i'm not necessarily going to answer for me but i did come up with a short story that i will tell you about i'm so excited for you to tell the story it's really good guys (laughs) so it's called um a tale of two sisters which like, full disclosure, I stole that title from a Korean horror film that's really freaking good. Highly yes. recommend. Um, But the actual con- content of my short story is different. So I basically wanted to come up with a creation myth for the world I was writing. And this creation myth was supposed to explain how night and day and also um, the afterlife of the underworld and the afterlife of heaven were created. Yeah. So in the story, there are two sisters. One sister is the, she's the very rambunctious and precocious and like, she cares about the world. She, she wants, she wants the world to be a better place. Um, but her sister is the more cynical of the two. Yes. Her sister is the more cynical. She doesn't necessarily believe in any kind of afterlife. She doesn't necessarily think that anything you do in this life would, will have an effect on the next. So, and I stole this part from Egyptian mythology, <laughs> the precocious sister decides 
Like, I don't want my sister to not end up in any place. I want her to end up in a good place. So I'm going to go to the underworld. Yes. (laughs) To force her to basically come after me. So she goes to the underworld, but of course she's in way over her head. She gets trapped there. Oopsies. So the cynical sister, her, her main trait, despite being cynical and not really believing any actions we have in this world will affect the next. She is very um, family oriented and she loves her sister. So Mm -hmm. she goes after her sister to save her. And once they're, um, they're both essentially trapped in the underworld and the two sisters are faced with the king of the underworld at the time. And he's like, the only way for anyone to escape is to defeat me, but only one of you can escape. Oh, so whoever defeats me must take my place. Whoa. And so it is the cynical sister because of her love for her sister who had done all of this to show her that our actions in this life have an effect on the next. She realizes that it is her sacrifice that is necessary. And she destroys the king and she becomes the queen of the underworld in the process. Hell yeah. She tells her sister, no soul with light may penetrate this world and you have to go and so she sends her sister off and as her sister crosses the fold she pulls the light from her chest and passes it through the fold to her sister it is the last of the light and she says it is now your turn to carry on the light (laughs) and that's the image that's the image of the two hands crossing the fold and that light is the moon Yes. And that's that's in my world. That is the origin of the moon. And um, that's beautiful. at the end of the day, I've thought of like other stories to go with it. Yes. Um, but at the end of the day, you'll either be taken by the dark sister or the light sister. You never know what it's going to be. Your deeds in this world, they have meaning and yeah. they affect the deeds and, you know, the later, whatever, mm. wherever your you journey into the afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when the goddess of the underworld comes to claim your soul, she comes in with mm-hmm. fog at dusk. So everything becomes dark. And then the sister of the moon and the light, she comes in with a bright fog. So in one of my stories, um, when there's a battlefield, you'll see that mix of dark and light fog sometimes because it's both the sisters coming to claim the souls. That's cool. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank Hell you. yeah. That's my story. That's, That's a tale of two sisters and the moon. And the moon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't have a cool story. Because, <laughs> again, I was not prepared. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> um, but I'm just going to answer, like, outright. So ask the question again because I think I got all the, the things so if you were a goddess what would your domain be and what would your powers and your attributes be like what would you look like okay well <laughs> this is easy so my dominion I think would be like the darker side of yourself and like okay. death and obviously um my colors would be like black and icy or metallic silver and like deep blues Ooh, yeah. I like it and then um I don't know what my powers would be, but my attributes would be the moon and she wolves and ravens, night blooming flowers and feathers. Ooh, I like all of it. Yes. What will my powers be? Let's see. I don't know. Um, I feel like my, I want one of my powers to be like, it could either be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on your way of thinking. And like, because my dominion is like the darkest side of yourself. 
so like make you it like, could be dreams so the other side of dreams are nightmares yes but I also want like for me to be able to like basically hold a mirror up to you for you to see like the what darker about, parts you're literally of you. like the goddess of shadow work you like hold it. up a mirror to a person's um anxieties their um their fears the things that they are afraid of the things that Ooh, there, make was, there was a of. there was a, a thing in one of the books i read um the series is called the court of thorns and roses because i'm obsessed with it but in it uh one of the one of the um magical objects is a mirror that shows your your yourself your side yeah basically the parts of yourself that you don't like mm-hmm. or it, it basically shows like what you look like based on the deeds you've done in life. Ooh, okay. So I want, that's going to be one of the things that I carry is like that magical nice. mirror. It's kind of like Dorian, like Dorian Gray's portrait. Yes. Like you might look beautiful on the outside, but if you've done terrible deeds, the mirror yeah. will show you what and you it's actually not, look like. And it's not necessarily like if you've done terrible deeds, but like if you think something you've done is terrible, like it's, yeah. it's based on like your self perception. Yes. Okay. Hell yeah. I like that. That's me. That's a very intricate. And and some have... people would fear you, but some people would also be like, no, we need to get in touch with these parts of ourselves. We shouldn't fear them. Yeah. Like, it'll be a challenge. Yeah. But... It depends on how you look at it. Yeah. Whether you fear me or you embrace me and accept me. I love that. Yes. That is such a... You should... And I would totally wear... write a story. I should write a story yes. about that. Next time on Difficult Damsels, you will hear my, <laughs> my story. Um, but And that dress that I sent Next you... Next time on Difficult Damsels. Yes. That dress that I sent you that was like the, the heart shaped v neckline yeah but then the cloak over yeah. it yes and then i'd have like a really pretty like necklace with some kind of really pretty um what are the things attached to necklaces called pendant that's it <laughs> i was like i hope yeah yeah my um, my tale of two sisters like the way because i love sparkle i love it. oh so like a dark sparkle yeah i like that i love dark so like, sparkle like the night sky kind yeah. of yeah like like that but like dark but dark yeah. Why did I just shiver? Because <laughs> I'm so excited about this now. I wish that I was better at painting or like force myself to be better at painting because I would totally paint that. I really want you to paint my like handing oh, the moon over. That's what I do for you for Christmas. Oh, I thought I would in cry. line with your cat dragon. I would cry. Okay. Well, you're. I need to like actually fine. write that. Story. Your painting will be or your <laughs> present will be late. That's fine. Because <laughs> I just decided on what I'm going to give you for your present. So for my um my two sisters, the way I kind of picture them is um the goddess of the underworld. She her dress is completely made in shadow. Yes. She looks like a white corpse-like figure, and from afar, she's she's terrifying and everybody's afraid of her. But like yes. in my stories, when you meet her, she's actually very she's very refined. She's almost very noble. She's she she knows people are afraid of her. Yeah. She doesn't care, but she's not unreasonable because yeah. death is not unreasonable. And then um, that's another thing I want to be one of my attributes is shadows because the yes, shadows are great. I, I love the shadows. Oh, yeah, shadowy crown, everything. Like when you stare at her, she's she's kind of flickering. <laughs> like you, she's not a full corporeal creature. Yeah. And then the the goddess of light. Um, is obviously she's more shimmery <laughs> more shimmery like she is shadowy too but it's like I can see gold her having shadows like metallic colors I get gold gold metallic yeah she's definitely like because you don't like silver <laughs> I don't um she's more corporal in form but she still looks very ethereal and yes. otherworldly 
And in all of my stories, there's always a reference, like if the goddess of light is coming to retrieve somebody who was either going to rescue somebody or is getting out, it's always like just her hand penetrates the veil of darkness, but the light like blinds everything in the underworld. So the sister, I always picture it as like the goddess of the underworld turning away, but she smiles and she's like, hello, sister. Yes, that's yeah. beautiful. I know, I, like I love it. it. You need to write that so I can read I it. I need to, I know. <gasps> we should do, you should write that and I should write my um, myth behind um, the crone in my, yes. in my story yes. and then we should read it. Yes. On Difficult Tansels. It's already copyrighted. We need, okay. <laughs> I was like, we need to publish. <laughs> well, yeah. this will be our copyright. Okay. It's we can read an excerpt. Yeah. A bit. Okay, fine. Yeah. I'll just read like a like what you did and I'll read like yeah. a brief like. Yeah. This will happen. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, you have been listening to Difficult Tansels. Yes. Hope you guys enjoyed this very relaxed but not so relaxed because Rachel and I don't know how to relax <laughs> episode. No, we don't. <laughs> um, This will come out the week before Christmas? The yeah. Week of the week, the week before. before. Yeah. So enjoy your holidays. Happy Yule on the 21st. Yes. I, I'm so sad because I really wanted to get Yule thingies and like decorate my house. But I also have six asshole cats who like to destroy everything. It's too in much their, work. Yeah. <laughs> everything in their path. So <laughs> happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Merry oh, Christmas. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Because you won't see us. I don't know when we're coming back. We're going to take a little break. Yeah. Guys... It'll be sometime in January. Yeah. yeah. We, we will miss you, but Rachel needs to not work herself to death. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you a hint because I already have the next couple of women planned out. Oh, this all. is this is a breaking news, guys, because Kat doesn't even know the hint. <laughs> you, you, you do. Oh, do I? You do. Um, All I'm going to say is I am doing preliminary research on the Crusades. <gasps> okay. So I will be covering women from the area known as Levant. Okay. I'm so excited. Yeah. I don't actually know much about that. I don't either. <laughs> yeah. I, I you know... think I would with my, well, in, my background. It's, but been, no. <laughs> um, it's been intimidating because this is another one of those things of like, when I knew I was going to do Catherine de' Medici and the wars of religion, mm-hmm. I knew it was very convoluted yes. and involved multiple world players um the crusades is very similar but not only politically now you have multiple religions involved yeah it's a sensitive subject i'm i want to at least have a background knowledge on it that's fair so um i'm just glad you're researching it not (laughs) me (laughs) right now i'm listening to a podcast and i will definitely um talk more about that podcast when we do these episodes just to get the background information and then i have a book i'm reading heck yeah yeah but yeah um as always, you can help our podcast out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing wherever it is you get your podcasts. Woo-hoo. We also have a subscription service now where if oh, you yeah. would like to donate, I forgot about that. You can donate a dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars a month. We would much appreciate it if you have the extra funds to do so. But keep listening anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um you yeah. can write to us at difficult.damsels at gmail.com. We want to hear what your Goddess god, traits. Goddess or god. We have male listeners. Yes, we have Your traits. <laughs> um, and then we're also on social media, uh, Facebook and the Instagram. The Instagram. The Difficult Dancers Podcast. Mm. Com. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I also want to take this moment to thank everyone who's listening. And yeah. from all the countries that yes, you're listening from. It's like, insane. What did you send me? You sent me something where it was like, we were like, 
30, it's had the number 31. Oh, we were the top 30% of shared podcasts on Spotify this past year. And that is thanks that to is you insane. guys. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> I have no idea who is sharing us on what a pad, but thank you. Thank you. I've never even heard of that before, but you rock. You're a rock star. Hell yeah. And, um, you did know, we have another review. Did we? I don't know. Oh, I think we did. Yeah, let's read it. We I'm just, it. I keep I'm trying just to end the here. podcast. I'm it. sorry. I don't want to end it. I don't want it to be over because you guys are going to miss us when we're gone. You're going to miss me when you're I'm gonna gone. You're going to miss us. You're going to miss me by my walk. You're going to miss me by my talk. Yeah. You guys are getting this because I'm trying to look up whatever. I'm, what was I looking up? I forgot. The reviews of our podcast. <laughs> I just really wanted to sing you guys the song. Here we are. Yes. Oh, we got... Two new ones. Oh, shoot. Look okay. at you guys go. We love you. Okay, so we have this one that says it's from October 18th from Hasbury. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this podcast is all my fave. I'm pretty sure there's a dot, 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 which means that broke up. Uh, <laughs> perfect topics, great history, wonderful banter between hosts. Thank you. And so detailed because Rachel is doing the research. Thank you, Rachel, for being detailed. Thanks. <laughs> And then we also have, oh, a recent one from uh, November 23rd from GG1968. Hi, Gigi, if that's your real name. <laughs> uh, I love hearing about these interesting damsels from these two friends. We love you, too. They are witty, engaging, and smart. I highly recommend listening and joining. You guys are great. Hell yeah. You Thank guys you so understood much. the assignment. Yes, you did. Much appreciated. And well, it was five stars. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, we appreciate you guys loving us. And we yeah. love you, too. That's why Thank we come you. back. <laughs> much appreciated and we will be back and we are excited for what's coming in 2023 hell yeah so yeah guys and enjoy the rest of your december and the beginning of your january and stay difficult Woo, stay difficult